What is up, everyone? I'm Mario Fraioli, and I'm excited to bring you the fourth installment of Common Ground, a monthly podcast co-hosted by me and Danae Dormy of The Grounded Podcast. In this episode, Danae has a lot of exciting updates as they relate to her professional life and athletic pursuits. We talk a little bit about a few of the high school track athletes that are exciting us right now. We discuss National Running Day, which is coming up on June 1st, and a lot more. As a quick reminder, Common Ground will be released monthly in both the Morning Shakeout and Grounded podcast feeds, so there's no need to subscribe to a separate show. If you have any questions that you'd like either or both of us to answer on an upcoming episode, or if you have feedback for us, just send us a message via social media, at the AM Shakeout or at Grounded Pod on both Instagram and Twitter, or shoot me an email at mario at themorningshakeout.com. Before we dive in, a big thank you to New Balance for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're looking for a workhorse to run most of your miles in, look no further than the Fresh Foam X 1080 V12. Oh man, do I love this shoe. Longtime listeners will know that the 1080 has been my go-to training shoe for the past few years, and I can tell you right now that the V12 will be the shoe that I put most of my miles on for the rest of the year. I am absolutely loving it so far. The 1080 V12 has the perfect blend of cushioning and responsiveness. It's lightweight. It transitions smoothly. It has the most streamlined fit to accommodate a wide variety of foot types, and it holds up to heavy mileage week in and week out. The Fresh Foam X 1080 V12 is available in both men's and women's sizes on newbalance.com or at your local run specialty retail store. Check them out and give them a try today. This episode is also brought to you by Gooder, my favorite sunglasses for running, driving, walking the dog, and pretty much everything else that I do outside. Not only do they look good, they don't bounce, they don't slip, and they're polarized to protect your eyes. Best of all, they are super fun. I'm personally a big fan of the OGs, and as you all know, my favorite colors are still a Ginger Soul and Mick and Keith's Midnight Ramble. Gooders are also super affordable, with most pairs coming in at just 25 to 35 bucks a piece. So if you'd like to support me and the podcast, treat yourself to a pair or two or three of Gooders and head over to gooder.com slash Mario and use the code Mario15 to get 15% off your entire order. That's G-O-O-D-R dot com slash Mario and use the code M-A-R-I-O-1-5 to get 15% off your entire order. And remember, your face will thank you. Okay, that's all I've got for the introduction. Please enjoy episode four of Common Ground with me and Danae Doremi. We've already been talking for like 15 minutes. <laughs> yep, and no one listening to this heard those 15 minutes, but let's just dive right into it because it has been a couple weeks since we yeah. last caught up. We have caught up once since the last episode of common ground but mm-hmm. since then a lot has happened in your life in particular yeah. and i want you to fill me and everyone else in on it 
Yeah, I would be happy to. I do want to say a happy belated birthday to you. I know we'll talk Thank a little bit about your recent birthday because it's always exciting. I'm a big fan of birthdays, and I think it fits my very enthusiastic personality. <laughs> um, my dog's birthday was this week, so obviously I had to celebrate that as well. <laughs> um, but I have had a lot of life updates. I think for people who follow me on social media, um, they know that I did recently do kind of a, a teaser announcement just so I could get the news out and kind of have something to be excited about and get people excited about is that I just uh, finalized a fun year-long partnership with New York Roadrunners. So I am very excited to get started with that. I will be doing several um, race appearances, so I will be in New York City. So if people um, are out there and fans of the show or they themselves are racing, I will be at the New York Mini 10K. So I'm excited mm -hmm. about that. Um, and I will also be doing some writing for them and some podcast episodes. So I know I've mentioned a couple of times on this show that I'm going to be training for the New York City Marathon. That is one of the races that I'm going to be partnering with them for. Um, I'll be participating in it. It'll be my first marathon ever, but as a part of this work with them, I will be documenting my journey as a first-time marathoner and hopefully both providing people <laughs> some very real and authentic content and also maybe providing myself a little bit of an outlet to go through this. Um, no one no one in my immediate family has ever run a marathon. I think despite how popular uh, track is in my house and running and long distance running is, uh, my parents ran several half marathons when I was growing up. But huh. I think because my dad was always a middle distance runner in, in track and stuff, sure. we kind of kept the distances lower in my household. So I no one has run a marathon somehow. So I'm going to test the waters here for us, um, and I'm really excited about it. So I'll be documenting that journey both through my podcast and through some blog posts and some writing and some Instagram posts. So people can expect to see a lot from me probably in the in the coming you know months about that and about my training. So I'm that's probably my number one announcement that I'm just very grateful to be working with New York Roadrunners. I think they've done a lot of work lately to reach out to community and engage um with uh different communities and so i'm going to be doing some work with them around you know just native american heritage month and and talking about the um, native runners that are going to be running and racing in new york and that have in years past so i'm going to be talking a little bit about title nine um and the 50th anniversary and women in sports so i'm i'm excited these are like all my passions rolled into one and getting to do a little bit of writing, a little bit of talking, and, and a lot of running. <laughs> Congratulations. That's amazing. It is very well-deserved. I'm excited for you. And I know this because we did talk a bit about this previously, but it's a year-long partnership for yeah. right now, isn't it? So it's going to extend into 2023 past the New York City Marathon later yeah. this year. Yeah, and I hope to do some work with them uh, on their on the charity front. I won't be running the New York City Marathon for a charity, but I I definitely would love to maybe seek other races, uh, you know, from that from that perspective and yeah, and just support the work that they're doing. I think New York has always held a special place in my heart. I think some people are probably like, why New York? You live in Albuquerque. <laughs> but I have always been a New York Roadrunner member, actually, for many years. I always I did not know it. that. Yeah, I always renew my membership because I've run several races with them because I went to college in Connecticut. So right. New York was like a quick and easy, like, I wouldn't say quick and easy. It's like an hour, 45 minute train ride, <laughs> but it was quick enough to get there 
and my partner has family in New York, so I was always able to stay somewhere. And, you know, that's where I ran my first half marathon ever. I think it's where I went to find comfort, not being able to race next to my family, which was Mm -hmm. such a big, that was like as big a family tradition as like sitting down and eating meals at a dinner table. Like I felt very lonely. I spent a lot of um, Thanksgivings, you know, out or holidays out in New York, you know, with like just me and Reed, my partner, and we didn't come home because it's just pretty pricey to get between New York and Albuquerque. So I think I found like a lot of comfort in New York City in those times. And it was just a big part of my my racing as an adult alone on my own without my family. So yeah, very sentimental. And I've kind of kept in touch with that area and region, have lots of friends there. And so I'm excited to be returning to do not only I did my first half marathon, but to do my first marathon now, hopefully on the streets of New York. What a great fit. And along these lines, or keeping with this theme, I should say, to go back to something we talked about on the last episode of Common Ground, you mentioned how you were looking for a coach. And I I took myself out of the search because we are not going <laughs> to compromise our relationship. Like, I but handle you, Danae. <laughs> We have no, no, it's not that it's not that at all, and you know that. But we've we've talked about it in the interim. I had some ideas for you, yeah. And I, spoiler, my idea panned out, yes. and you you were like, "Nah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'm like quite the the fit for you know this coach with what I want to do because I'm a new runner, you know, blah blah blah." But for the first time, publicly, yeah, I think. Can you announce who your new coach is? Yes. And I'm actually going to announce it probably on my social media this weekend, but this will come out right after that. So it's good timing. Um, my new coach is Nell Rojas, which I'm so yeah. excited about because I feel like we're always like, it's like a Nell Rojas fan club on this podcast in a sense where we're always recapping races and it happens to be a race she was in. But uh, I, as I've mentioned before, I really love Nell and um, I'm a big fan of her as an athlete, as a person. Like I love following following her um, journey on social media, but also she was kind enough to be one of my early guests on Grounded. And so when I brought her onto the podcast, um, I was able to interview her and her dad, and I had been connected to them through my dad because Nell's dad, Rick, and my dad have known each other for many years and you know run against each other, alongside each other um, way back in the day. And so I think they've just kept in touch you know, through social media, like family, friends, um, they have lots of ties to New Mexico. And so I was just really grateful to honestly have that connection through my family as I was building uh, grounded pods guest list and getting to know them through that was, it was like kindred spirits, like mm-hmm. watching Nell interact with her dad. I think I instantly knew that there are a few people in the world that understand the both the pressure and also I think the love and like friendship and camaraderie that comes from being like a child of a coach and an athlete of a coach mm-hmm. um, at the same time <laughs> and to have so many coaches in my life to have my grandfather be my, you know, be a coach uh, to my dad at, at one point, but also just be a coach in general to my dad doing it. Uh, I think I felt very connected to Nell and like her spirit as a runner um, and, and knowing how, I think important it was for her 
to mention her commitment to, you know, young women of color who are trying to break out in the sport. I just really respected um, a lot of what she said in that episode and getting to know her kind of behind the scenes of that episode too. And yeah, when you mentioned her to me as a coach last time uh, off off air, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she would be willing to coach me because I feel like I'm definitely um, definitely a slower paced runner. And so I think I, I never want that to be confused with an inexperienced runner, but I am slower pace. And I think it's, I've just struggled to find and connect with a coach. I did get a lot of outreach. So um, I do appreciate everyone who sent me suggestions for coaches after our last episode and, and coaches who reached out to me because I met some really incredible people and if you're a woman of color out there or you're anyone who's maybe tackling your first marathon and you're thinking of a coach, like, honestly, you, you could reach out to me, DM me or write me on my contact form and I can probably help connect you to, <laughs> to a cool coach. Cause I did, I did get, get an awesome experience in meeting a lot of people and, and getting um, some outreach on that. But yeah, I'm so excited. I've actually been working with Nell since shortly after that episode. So it's been, a, it's been several weeks now. <laughs> Let's hit pause on that because I want to dig into that with you. But when you were describing in the last episode what you were looking for in a coach, you wanted a woman, you wanted a woman of color, you wanted someone who could work with a slower pace runner, first time marathoner. And as you were describing that, I I had I, I knew it as, as you were saying it. I was like, no, Rojas is the perfect person to help you in yeah. your journey. And then I told you as soon as we got we got off bike and you were like, I wouldn't say dismissive, but you were like, nah, I, <laughs> like, I no. don't, you know, I don't think so. And I was like, just reach out to her and, and see, like, you've got nothing to lose. So yeah. I am like beyond thrilled that it worked out. And I would love for you to just tell the story of kind of how it actually came to be. Yeah, it was funny. You were like, reach out to cool. Nell, but it was actually a perfect storm because um, being a Nell Rojas fan club on this podcast paid off because <laughs> she actually ended up in my DMs like 24 hours after we had that conversation. We recorded the last episode. We released it. Um, I guess it wasn't 24 hours. It was about 24 hours after we released it. Mm -hmm. And so we released that episode. Nell, I had just been sitting on the advice you gave me. You were like, Nell, reach out to her. And I was was just like let me put a call out there and just let people respond to it and I'll and maybe I'll connect with somebody and um got got some outreach but Nell actually ended up in my DMs because she was like hey I listened to your episode of Common Ground and I loved it so much like you guys are awesome thanks for the shout out and it was so cool because she had kind of heard me talking about needing a coach mm -hmm. and we we kept talking in the DMs I was like yeah I don't know if you heard like that piece of the episode but I am looking for a coach and she was like I would love to coach you I would love to be the one to coach you so it was really funny that instead of like going and presenting that option to her first or being like, hey, um, you know, sheepishly asking her if she would be willing to coach me. She actually listened to our episode and just reached out to me cold. Um, probably, you know, totally had no idea I was going to ask her that. And so it was just, I don't know, it felt it was like, meant to be. It felt meant to be. I was like, this is too mm -hmm. much of a sign to not go with this person um, as as a, you know, trusted coach moving forward. And it it was the best decision I think I've made. Like, even though um, we're working remotely together, like I just, yeah, I love Nell. I love her energy. So I know we'll talk more about it, but. 
Well, let's talk more about it. So in the time that you have been working with her, what have things looked like for you from a training standpoint? What has she had you focusing on? What have you been doing differently than you were doing before? So much. Um, probably to her, she's just so used to managing athletes that it feels like, oh yeah, we just like onboarded Danae. But I don't think I understood how much I was flailing to like get back to running and how uh, sporadic it felt that I was just kind of deciding, hey, do I have enough energy to go for a run today? Let me go out there and see how far I can run. And then like, I'll walk a little, you know, um, pretty much just, I had no like guidance. I was kind of just winging it. And as soon as she onboarded me, like we, we talked about it, we had a phone call, like I explained to her kind of my long-term goals, some of my short-term goals, what I was looking for more, more in detail from a coach. I think the thing I emphasize a little bit on the last episode, but with Nell uh, was actually the strength work that I really yeah. wanted to focus on. Everyone knows I have in crazy issues in my feet and ankles and a lot of just weakness in those areas. And I struggle with chronic pain, chronic injury. Um, I kind of was you know, injured for most of 2021. So when I let myself kind of fall out of conditioning or running shape, I tend to be in a lot of pain because mm -hmm. it's like I'm not used to it being on my feet and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I've been. Um, Nell immediately had me meet with a PT. Um, so that was just like, I'm so glad that somebody kind of forced me to do that. You needed and that kick in the butt. Yeah. I, I did. I really did. I'm like very bad at taking myself to the doctor. I'm in the phase of chronic injury where I self-diagnose a lot, which I'm sure people out there who have a lot of chronic issues understand that you kind of get fed up after a while and you're like, I'm not going to do one more x-ray here. I'm not going to go get one more opinion. Like I already know what's going on. I need to wait a little bit of time and then I'll go back to it. Like, but I think sometimes you get in a little bit of a loop where you just experience the same thing and you never heal when you don't do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm aware, I'm aware of it, but <laughs> I'm glad she kind of was like, like meet with my meet with the PT and so I did and it was really, really great to just have some clarity on like here's what you need to do to start strengthening. I've had a little bit of a kind of a just I just a not great feeling in one of my ankles. It's not been an injury, but just the past few months. And it's been like not to be overly dramatic, but it's actually really changed how I feel to be doing PT exercises almost every day. The ones I do every day are very light. They're not like very mm -hmm. intensive. Um, the intensive stuff I'll do like every other day or on a schedule. But um, that's really like been the biggest thing that she did was the week one. We hadn't even set up a training plan yet running wise. She just said, meet with the PT first things first while I, while I get some stuff, you know, into the training app for you and, and everything. And, and that kicked me off just starting the strength work for about a week. And then, um, and then I popped in to Nell's like training schedule for me, which has been really, really fun for me to have like I feel like I'm a part of a team again. It's kind of nice, actually, to be an adult with a coach. Um, it feels very much like an investment in myself and like something I'm doing that I can kind of wake up for every day. Because I think when you run with no guidance, you really struggle to set your own goals or like, right. for me, there was a real mental block in like, will I run today? I don't know. You know, it was kind of just like, and then if I kind of needed to skip it, I would. And ever since I started working with Nell, I've shaped my life around the workouts that I'm doing. And it's been like amazing. Like, I've actually been just so much happier. I don't know how yeah. else to describe it. <laughs> 
Well, it's one less thing for you to think about because yeah. it's on the schedule. And I mean, we could go down a whole nother like side road of athletes who feel too tied to the schedule to the detriment of yeah. everything else in their lives. But in your case, that's what you needed. You needed that guidance. You needed someone to say, hey, here's what you need to do today. And you could look at it a day or a couple of days in advance, but like, okay, I've got to do this on Tuesday and here is when I'm going to do it. And here's how the rest of my day is going to fit in around that. And I mean, just hearing you describe this, I mean, this is the most enthusiasm that yeah. you've had for your own running in yes. the year plus that we've known each other, year and a half that we've known each other now. And yeah. I love hearing it. I, I think it's, I think it's super exciting. Thanks. I, it's been like almost, a, I would say like, this isn't going to be the case for everyone. Like this is obviously not medical advice. This is just like a straight up, I would say my pain. I didn't know how much of it was probably related to just how much I was sitting and not actually like stretching properly and doing yeah. like pre, like, I guess I, I've just, I've always been, again, you, you cut corners along the way. Like I do some dynamic warmups here and there, but like, I'm not trying to um, do anything crazy and I'll just pop out for a run. And I think I'm kind of like, I'm not, I'm obviously still young, like 29, but I can really feel the difference mm -hmm. in warming up in a way like I did not see coming. I would say my pain has decreased by like 50% in running in just like three weeks, roughly, um, which is not an exaggeration. Like I just feel like a fresher, stronger person and just having a routine for three weeks. And I'm like, I'm not worried about myself being like an intensive schedule driven person because I am like high functioning, but I'm a little scattered and a little chaotic. <laughs> and so I think having like a, a schedule to adhere to and be like, okay, even though my day is chaos, like I have this, I know I'm going to do it's this a framework. one thing. And it's, yeah, it's a frame. It's kind of like become my North star every day to kind of get me set. Like, when am I going to do this workout today and how can mm -hmm. I fit this in and what will I need to move around to make sure this happens? Um, and, and other like benefits come along with it and just like, you know, I've been like going to bed a little earlier. Like it sounds boring, but it's been really fun. <laughs> no, it's so. it's great. I mean, coming from someone who right before we got on the mics, you described as elderly being <laughs> me who just turned 40. True story. Uh, Danae referred to me as Sorry. elderly um, and has been running for like, you know, more or less 25 plus years straight. I mean, I feel certain pains when I get out of bed in the morning, even though I do run every day. I spend most of my time in between sitting at my computer like a lot of people do. And I just notice I am stiffer when I'm getting up. I have soreness that lingers a little bit longer. And for me, it was the turning of the page from 39 to 40 being like, okay, I'm in this new decade now. I mean, I'm classified as a, a master's runner. Danae calls me elderly. I need to start doing my prehab, my rehab, my exercises again. And um, this isn't a, a sponsor plug. They're not sponsoring this episode, but the Recover app is one that I was using with some regularity yeah. earlier this year and, and last fall. And I just got away from it because, you know, life happens. And I was like, all right, I am going to do like 10 to 20 minutes of something every day, uh, whether it's prehab, mobility, some strength work, and just doing that now for, I mean, honestly, it's been three days um, as of, mm -hmm. of this conversation. I'm already starting to feel better. I think some oh, of that yeah. is actually just committing to it and being like, I am, I am going to do this and it's going to be purposeful, I think you but feel it. <laughs> no, I do. I feel it. I feel it as well. I mean, I, I feel less sore and aches and pains when I'm, I'm getting out of bed or when I'm just like moving around during the day because I'm being 
being deliberate about that. And I love that that's where Nell started with you. She was like, go see a PT. Let's make sure we have a a real good handle on what it is that's going on. Then we can put the pieces in place to, you know, help work through those things. And then we'll worry about the training Mm -hmm. schedule. I think too many runners and too many coaches are like, this is what the workout is going to be. This is going to be, you know, your weekly mileage. And they jump right into that without really addressing the the, the base, the foundation, really, that you have to build the rest of this stuff upon. So, I, I mean, I knew that Nell was a great coach. And just hearing that only, like, further solidifies my belief in her being the best fit for you as you go on this journey toward the New York City Marathon later this year. Yeah, I I've just been amazed at like how much I have I have felt that and I think I understood too that sitting too much was actually like it's actually a lot of it's in my hips and so mm-hmm. I think I've learned how much my hips impact my my feet and ankles so a lot of my mobility drills are actually hip related um there is some like ankle stuff but it it's really helped me just be more active because I also feel like I feel stiffness faster now because I'm like more way more active than I was mm-hmm. you know a couple months ago, um, I stand more, you know, I'll go on a little walk in the middle of the day or I'll like just, I think I'm treating my body a lot better actually, since I have kind of invested and, and sought advice in some, in some way. And, and Nell has me working up to running in a very, um, in a very patient way and a very Mm -hmm. like slow pace way that I appreciate. I'm doing a lot of walk run intervals right now. And so, um, just increasing my minutes rather than like by miles or distance or anything, how long I'm on my feet. Um, so a lot of it is a, is like an, you know, sort of an intensive walk with, with running in between. And I feel so much stronger running now like that. I didn't understand either. Like I've done some interval runs like on my own just through research before just like how it seeing how it works but having her guide me through one they were different than I had done before and so mm-hmm. I think I it just feel stronger on the run like it's actually made me happier and I can complete the workout and I feel so much better I think about myself than when I was kind of giving up on my own designed workouts before where I would just wing it um this feels very like manageable and tailored to me and I give her comments and she's super responsive and gives me comments so I really like how reachable Nell is in that sense but um but yeah it's been like the perfect thing I needed I think it's actually helped me kind of like get my life together in general <laughs> um, but yeah it's been great. <laughs> How many days a week are you actually running right now? Um, running wise, so Nell, because she's also really, uh, really great at strength work. I think that's in something I emphasized to her specifically that I wanted to be mm-hmm. just kind of have a stronger body. I think I in over the pandemic, I felt a little, I don't know, like not very strong, and I miss, I miss the feeling of like feeling like I was, you know, an athlete who was like working out and lifting weights from time to time. And, um, so she's got me running, I would say probably like three or three times a week right now. I have two, I have two strength workouts in that too. Uh, Actually it might be four times. Um, oh no, three times a week running one cross training and two strength days. That's what I'm doing right now. So, um, so it's been, it's been a good balance and I think the, the runs will change over time you know, she's been adjusting them just kind of by the week here. And, uh, I will not be running the Boulder Boulder, which is good. (laughs) Um, and just giving myself a little bit more time to, to kind of work on just getting to the, probably the amount of time I'm going to be on my feet for a 10 K. I am not personally planning to run the entire thing. I think I'm not a person who 
likes to push so hard I injure myself. I feel very aware of my injuries and limitations. And so um, I like to try to stay healthy and mitigate that as much as possible. Um, my, my ultimate goal is to run as long as I can in my life. So, <laughs> so I approach my races very conservatively. Like if I need to walk, I will walk. So I think I'm going to probably make maybe like a race plan or a goal generally of like how to get through 10K because I'm definitely under trained for that. So I'm going to try to figure out how to, how to get through that. Yeah, you'll get there and you'll get great guidance from Nell as well. Uh, I'm just super excited for you. It's a great team and it just like makes me so happy to see you so happy and excited about yeah. running right now because I know it's just been hard for you um, yeah, for, you know, for a while, a lot of it injury related and then just finding the time to fit it into your life with everything else that you've had going on. And I mean, this is the first time in the year and a half or so that we've known each other that it's held this place. Uh, and I yeah. know this is where you <laughs> wanted to be. And it just it feels great to, to see you there. So uh, I'm very, very excited for you. Last bit uh, on this, just to pull something out of what we were just talking about of, of just like aches and pains and feeling better and sitting at our desks all day. Um, this is my my unsolicited pro tip for anyone listening to this who also spends a lot of time at a desk looking at a computer. Get up throughout the day. And I mean, this will take you two to three minutes max. Go to YouTube, search Jay Johnson Lunge Matrix and mm. do that a few times a day. Do it before you run. It's a great warm-up exercise. And it's super simple. You need no equipment. You need very minimal space and just a series of lunges in every different plane. So you're doing forward lunges, you're doing reverse lunges to the side at a diagonal. And it really just to help, helps to get your blood flowing. Um, it really helps to kind of loosen your hips, glutes, hamstrings, like all that stuff that when you're sitting in a chair like Danae and I are doing right now, yeah. just tighten up. Uh, and then, you know, you get out of your chair and you're just kind of like, I, I wouldn't say hobbling, that's probably a bit of an exaggeration, <laughs> but you're stiff, you know, you're, you know, you're really stiff and everything feels like just very wound up. I mean, just doing that a few times a day, especially before you run, but even just between long periods of sitting will make you feel a world's better. Um, because I think a totally. lot of us just put our butts in the chair, keep our butts in the chair, you know, get up, uh, especially if we're working from home, go to the kitchen, get lunch, walk around the office, whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be. And that kind of tightness and stuff just lingers. Uh, and then you sit back down and then it's worse when you get up the next time. So I think just like, taking the time if you can, finding some space um, in your home office, in your kitchen, wherever it is that, that you are to do that. Again, it takes just a couple of minutes. It will go a long way and help you to feel better day in and day out. Yep. I completely agree. I'm doing my mobility sometimes like in the middle of work. I'm like, I need to just do this for a second to loosen up. So I agree with you. <laughs> Any other life updates on your end? Yeah, I think I think that was the big one. I'm excited to just kind of get people up to speed on what I'll be what I'll be doing for the next several months with a coach, with racing. I think my life is going to speed up significantly over the course of mm -hmm. the summer. Um I am currently helping my the nonprofit I work for prepare for um our summer program to help you know, 200 native students through that college application process. So busy time of year for me that I kind of am training. I'm going to be doing the program. Uh, I'm also going to be bringing back new episodes of Grounded Pod. So I feel I like just very excited. About this. It's very official. Um, I've kind of been holding off because I've had a lot of stuff happening in the background. Um, but after this kind of long Memorial Day weekend, we'll have this episode. And then I've been recording episodes, you know, over the past several weeks. So I can have uh, plenty in the bank when I get started 
started and kind of coming back to a regular schedule. I think I personally needed some time because I felt like, what what am I to my running podcast if I'm not running? And I really think that was like a big holdup for me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's not for other for other people or podcasters, but for me, I really lost my way in running because my my life went like a hundred miles per hour in 2021 as both the as I was doing both the podcast and my full time job and dealing with like a little bit of an injury instead of probably properly rehabbing that injury and paying attention to it and getting back on, you know, track slowly, I just kind of let it all go. And so I feel like I've almost had to reserve time to get back in touch with my body, get my schedule, like set, figure out what I actually can do, um, with the podcast, um, seeking assistance with editing for the podcast, like making changes in my life so that I can sustain this, um, and keep it going. Cause that's the ultimate goal is I'm like, you know what? I needed to take this break. It's fine. My goal is to keep the podcast here and going for the people that need it and love it and rely on it for running. So that's, I'm excited about it. <laughs> Yeah. And that rest is so key. And I'm glad that you took it because I know everything was just piling up for you in your life and it was becoming unsustainable. And it sounds like you're in a place now after taking this break from recording new episodes where moving forward, you're like, okay, I know what I need to do to mm-hmm. help make this sustainable. I mean, just having a few episodes in the can already so that when the next one goes out, you're not like, oh, where's the one after that going? Right, I, I exactly. mean, I've said I've said this before. I've, I've definitely been there. That's not a good place to be. But if you want to do this for the long run, no pun intended, um, you know, you've got to be consistent, yes, but you also have to make that time for yourself where you can really take a break, allow yourself to. I mean, as of this conversation, I'm coming off of one myself. I haven't had a new episode out now in two weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got a few in the bank and I'm excited about the next few weeks because I know that I'm not going to be stressed about it. And I know that if I can, you know, just plan ahead, take good breaks, use that as an opportunity to recharge as, as you have, then you can keep that excitement and enthusiasm for it um, going for a long time. So glad to hear that. Any upcoming episodes of Grounded that you want to tease right now? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I have a fun one with a an artist I really respect in the running community. So that's kind of okay. fun. Um, I, I kind of don't want to yet because I feel like I just want to have fine. like those that's episodes fair. come out. Um, but I do hope, I do hope to bring, uh, Nell on for some, for some fun episodes around, um, the coach like athlete process that we're going oh, through. Oh yes. So, I can't wait um, to hear that. So yeah, I'm, I'm like excited. Nell's probably like, whoa, great. Danae, let's schedule those. <laughs> <laughs> but she I does will. have a very packed schedule, so you might want to schedule those. <laughs> no, I will see her this weekend, actually. So um, I am excited to, to catch up with her this weekend. I'll be in Boulder. But um, but people should just keep an eye out. I'm very excited about the episodes that I have recorded and that and some of the ones from Native Runners specifically that um, that I'm excited about. Some Native Runners who have done Boston. Um, so there's, there's just – it kind of – Runs the gamut. I'm mm-hmm. excited. Just keep an eye out for those episodes. After we put out this one, the next week after that will be the start of those grounded ones. So yeah, I feel like I'm getting kind of back in the saddle and my life has calmed down a lot since the earlier spring. And um, yeah, I think r- like you said, running, I'm just so happy. So like, yeah, well, I but- think all anyone has to do is just go back and listen to the last couple episodes of this <laughs> podcast of yeah. Common Ground and hear the tone in your voice and, you know, describing what it yeah, is that you sorry, were working everyone. through and you 
No, don't apologize at all. Hey, we're all human beings. This is the the journey that we're on. But I mean, you're you're clearly in a great place now, and I'm I'm super excited for you. Yeah, but not friend. to not to like harbor on it. I know you never want to talk about yourself, Mario. But how was your birthday? You turned forty. How are you feeling? I, I did turn forty. Um, I am elderly now by Danae's standards. I'm not going <laughs> to let you ever get away with that. By the way, um, and I will remember when you turn forty in what eleven oh. years or so. Yeah, I have time. Yeah, I may lose yeah. my mind by that point, but <laughs> yeah. I am going to try really hard not to forget that, so I can welcome you to the elderly club. But it's been great. I mean, really, it's been great. So um, around my fortieth birthday, I decided to take a couple weeks off work. I haven't had a real break since the holidays, really. So it's been mm -hmm. five months. And the next few months are going to be very busy from yeah. a work standpoint. So it was either now or never. So I shut things down right before my birthday on the 24th. Um, one of my best friends, Matt Bergenholtz, aka Bergie, who I have known now for 22 years, we met as freshmen in college. We were in the same dorm. He was my teammate. He ended up being my roommate in the summertime. Um, my junior, senior year, he was my, my blockmate, so not my actual roommate, but lived right next door. Um, he was in my wedding. I was in his wedding. Just one of my closest friends on the planet. Well, he came out here for my birthday and was here for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so four nights. And it was awesome. We That's haven't awesome, seen each yeah. other since before the pandemic. And it was just really great to spend that time together. And we actually went on a bike ride because he's riding his bike more than he's running these days. He had a bad rock climbing accident a few years ago mm. and really can't run as much as he would like. But we were able to go out for a couple short runs, which was awesome, and just spent a lot of time hanging out. And it was just so – I mean, it was so great to have him here. We had a little party on Saturday, so he got to meet a lot of my friends here that – he hasn't got to meet yet and they got to meet him and it was I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this too but it's really cool to just have like kind of two different phases of my life people from two different phases mm. of my life kind of come together and and meet and it just like really made me super happy um that's so beautiful so it was a great birthday really weekend that, so. really <laughs> yeah, oh I, I, not much well, i may be like singular friends but i feel like hopefully that'll be like what my wedding is maybe like. at so your wedding yeah like wedding feeling <laughs> yeah weddings are a great time for that i mean for me it, it was you know that was just really really cool um the party itself was fun just you know a handful of friends from the area here we got together it was a beautiful day mm -hmm. pool party backyard i got cupcakes uh we had a taco bar catered it was it was super fun wow um, that's kind of fancy and fun a catered taco bar yeah i'm not a, i'm not a big birthday guy but i'm like 40 is kind of a monumental Shocker. one and <laughs> i know I'm, I'm kind of i mean christine will tell you i'm kind of vanilla it is my favorite ice cream flavor i'm just you know that's how i am but that's your favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla yeah well, it's like a blank canvas. You can make it whatever you want. You a can put like canvas. Yeah, you can you can put rainbow sprinkles on it. You can dip it you in. You can put rainbow sprinkles on anything. Mario. Well, hey, I'm just let me go with this. Come on, <laughs> let me let me let me let me go with it. Um, it's just you can make it whatever whatever you want. Sure, it's very. Sure. I hope you had a great. A it's great very bowl flexible. Of vanilla ice cream for your birthday. Well, I Christine got me an ice cream cake for my actual birthday, which was on Tuesday, and that day was great itself. Christine mm -hmm. and I and Tahoe went for a short run that morning, actually a forty-minute run because I'm dorky like that, um, which was oh, yeah, which, yeah, which was good. Um, I've been I've been off work, so I'm feeling just a bit more relaxed, not stressed. Yeah. It's actually been great for 
just not that I really lost enthusiasm, but just for rebuilding some enthusiasm for work. It's actually having the space to be away from like just the day to day of coaching, of writing and compiling stuff for the newsletter, of scheduling and recording and producing the podcast has just, I, I mean, actually created hours in the day, like just space yeah. where I can just think and and think ahead of, okay, where do I want to, you know, take these things? Um, it's given me a chance to reach out to other friends of mine. I actually have a lot of friends who have birthdays kind of around mine. So mm-hmm. I've been talking to many of them, um, you know, got a lot of nice calls and messages on my birthday and that always feels good. So it's just been a really like good, relaxing friend friend and fun-filled time and i feel like i just i really really needed that and i really needed that right now and it has me excited just for the rest of the year ahead so it's been a great birthday and a great little break that's awesome you know it was also my dad's birthday the day before yours i don't think i mentioned that to you no you've never told me that so his is may 23rd yes of course we like each other of course yeah you you're both what is that gemini's gemini yeah you're both gemini's so which is also a sign i'm very like highly like compatible with for friendship so that's so cool um because i do i feel like my dad and i like connect similarly so um yeah it was just a fun it was like a birthday week like between my dad and you my dog like (laughs) well now that i know it's your dad's birthday the day before mine and i have his contact information i can (laughs) wish him a happy birthday year in and year out moving forward and that makes me smile so that i had no idea that explains a lot of things i think um yes it does you know you and your relationship with gemini's and just how you like you've said this before in a previous episode of of this podcast like you know the the coach energy like the coach vibe that your dad and i both have like you just it's not for everybody, but you know how to handle it. Um, you've kind of been, well, it's not. I mean, truth <laughs> be told, uh, but you've you've been you know working with that your entire life. So I yes. mean, maybe that's how you've been able to deal with me so effectively. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. But, well, there's been a lot of exciting stuff happening in the competitive world of running, and when yeah. you and I went through our bullet points of what we wanted to talk about on this podcast, we had the same one at the very top, and that was high school running and it is so exciting right now and i'll preface the rest of this by saying i have not paid super close attention to high school running in the last few years if something really phenomenal happens it certainly came across my radar but it wouldn't really hook me i would just be like oh okay that was cool Mm -hmm. and then you know i'd go back to doing whatever but this year for reasons we'll talk about here in a second. It has been like one thing after another. And I am just like hook, line, and sinker. It's got me. Uh, I'm paying attention to it now. I know who a lot of the the key players are. I hopefully will be fans of these athletes for yeah, many, many <laughs> years to come. Um, as, of, as of this conversation, because I'm sure this coming weekend, stuff's going to happen at Prefontaine and there would be mm-hmm. more to talk about, but has not happened yet. So we can't go there. Juliet Whitaker in yep. <laughs> New York, 159.8, second high school second, girl yeah. ever to run under two minutes, which in itself is like, that's a phenomenal like statistic. Like she's only the second ever to break two minutes. She won the race. To me, yeah. that was the most phenomenal thing about it because she's in there with professionals. It's who, a beautiful finish too, if you find I, that video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it happened at the Tracksmith track night in New York City at ICANN Stadium. Yep. 
And I, I think it's Icon Stadium. Yeah, Icon Stadium. Mm-hmm. I C A H N. And it rained during the meet. There were a lot of delays, which I read a story that that actually helped her because she was driving up from Maryland and got to do a full warm up since her race was delayed a little bit. But man, is she good? Like she is so good. So good. And I, I mean, the time is, is phenomenal. I don't care as much ab- about times. I mean, it's an easy thing to tell a story around and to identify, but just watching her race, I'm like, she's exciting. Um, and she's tactically very, very sound because she pulled that out at the very end. And if, if you were watching and you didn't know much about the 800 meters or strategy or how these things play out, I mean, coming off the final curve, you might not have picked her to pull that one out. But I mean, she just had I such a strong <laughs> last 60 meters to, you know, win the race against a bunch of experienced women. And I, I couldn't be, you know, more impressed with that. But then to get, you know, 159.8, put her, you know, in the record books, number two all time for high school girl, only the second ever to to break that two minute barrier. Um, most recently, that is what kind of caught my attention and excitement. And I can't wait to see what she does the rest of the season. Yeah, I know. And she's headed to Stanford as well, which I'm excited about because I do. I, I hope to see her compete at Stanford. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at some point, of course, like my sister is out there. So um, my dad and I were just so amazed at her performance, like second only behind Mary Kane, who had also who had also clocked a sub two time. But I, I love watching high school athletes. I love watching them get interviewed. I love how authentic and raw their emotions are around setting these types of records and so um, I've had a lot of fun like just following her now on Instagram and kind of keeping up with her story I do feel like it's a little bit of watching the next generation of of athletes emerge um, through some of these races so like Mm -hmm. it was it was almost like you said I read that same story like how I, I don't know just how relatable that she was like in a traffic jam with her dad 40 minutes before this race, you know, trying to make it before she knew she was going to run a sub two miles. So mm-hmm. it's just fun. I can't wait to see what what she focuses on now that she's broken the time barrier that is kind of, you know, elusive in there. She can she can focus on racing in a different way. Yeah. And I mean, to do it as an American high schooler where mm-hmm. the women's 800, we talked about this on some pre- previous podcast somewhere. Um, it is so strong Stacked, in this country yeah. <laughs> right now between Thing Mo, Raven Rogers, Ajay Wilson, and now Juliet Whitaker, who, I mean, as, as phenomenal as, as that is, there are still at least, and I'm just going to like kind of lowball this here because I know it's more, at least half a dozen women who are faster than her here in the U.S., but she's so young and she has the potential and I hate to put pressure on high school kids, so I'm not doing that. But she has the potential and is going to have the collegiate racing experience to really be in this for a while, I think. I hope. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Ajay turned pro right out of high school. I mean, she has the ability to do that yes. um, given how how fast she is. I, I hope she gives college and Stanford a shot. And I hope that, you know, that weight that other people are throwing on her shoulder, she can just shed it because – the 800 meters is so exciting in this country right now. And I think she can be part of that next generation. And that's not to take anything away from the current generation, which is still very young um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and could also be a part of that next generation. But totally. um, it just, 
I don't know, it further further strengthens or shows the strength, I should say, of the women's 800 meters here in the in the US. And I love just watching that event. It's just so exciting. Me I mean, too. it's like, it's you know, one of my favorites. <laughs> I was going to say 2 minutes, but not even 2 minutes of just pure racing and strategy and, you know, things can flip just like that as we saw in this race um last week. So Shout out to Juliet Whitaker, um, second fastest high school girl ever in the United States. While we're on that meet, the Tracksmith track night, um, and while we're on the 800 meters, Cade Flat in the boys race. He mm -hmm. is from Kentucky. I just like this kid. He came on my radar <laughs> indoors. He's, I mean, he's confident. I'm not going to call him cocky because he he really like you know, he, he walks the walk. He doesn't just talk the talk, but he is super confident. He is a bold racer. He ran 146.51, just missed the national record um, by 0 0.05, 0 0.06, I think. And that record's been around for a long time. It's like 25, 26 years old. Michael Granville said it um, when I was, when I, an elderly person was a kid. Um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you you were you were what three, I think twenty five. What year did you ago. say it was? It was like oh twenty five years, years ago. ago. Yeah, I was like four. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, to rub that in one more time. Um, but I I just like watching him race. He's super confident. He was in with professionals as well yeah. and did not win the race, but really held his own. And afterward, <laughs> I mean, you know, not one to to mince words at all. He said. You know, I think I'm I think I'm the best ever. If you just watch the interview, he's just got so much personality. He's like, I think I'm the best ever, <laughs> even though I'm not the fastest of all time. He's like, I still got another shot. Like he like he knows that he can do it. And I I am not turned off by that confidence. I love really that like for it. A high schooler. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I think it makes the sport interesting. And now, like yeah. again, like regardless of, of what he runs for time, he, he might break the high school record. He might be one of the greatest 800-meter yeah. runners of, of all time. But he has my attention because he has confidence in himself. He's not afraid of anybody. He doesn't disrespect anyone either, but he, you know, he's not afraid to mix it up. And I just, I love competitors. And Cade Flat just strikes me as like a pure competitor. And I can't wait to follow his career beyond high school that's a great read that's that's what i mean about watching high schoolers i feel like they say what's on their mind they have they live in a different like experience in terms of their age right now and mm -hmm. i think it's very fun to watch them race at this level so feels it feels like a little bit like the rise of the high schoolers right now but it's been fun to see the track headlines yeah and i mean we'd be remiss if we didn't mention gary martin and he's one who first came on my radar is after Penn Relays, to be completely honest. He ran 401 there by himself. Was your dad at that race? I know he was at Yeah, Penn I, Yeah, he was, he was. Yeah, he, he was at the Penn Relays. So, so I mean, Gary ran 401 there, um, mm -hmm. which was, was a really, really impressive performance. And then just, you know, a week or so ago, week and a half ago as of, of this conversation at his at his league meet um high school only meet it's like the philly catholic league or something like that he ran oh, yes. 357.98 <laughs> by himself to break four minutes for the first time mm -hmm. and i think he broke jim ryan's record for being the first to do it in a high school only 
race or, or he's the first to do it since Jim Ryan did it in a high school only race. Cause a lot of times like Alan Webb did it at the pre-classic right. when he ran like 350, well, when he ran 353 and even indoors, yeah. but he was at his league meet. Yeah. He had no pacers. It looks there were like no, it. There were no rabbits. feeling meat when you look and, at the video. <laughs> and he won by 20 seconds. Yeah. So he won by over a hundred meters. And I mean, that is, that is dominating in any mile race. I mean, that is it's amazing. Five, that is five seconds a lap faster than the person behind you. And the person behind him ran a 417, which is a phenomenal mile time yeah, for a high exactly. school kid. A um, and I'm just like, I, I can't imagine running, you know, 417 to finish second in my league meet in high school. And I was 20 seconds behind the winner who did it all by himself. Like that, I mean, is, is just you know, mind blowing to me, but adds to just all of the excitement that we've been talking about here in high school. And I've heard him on a couple of interviews now. And I love that these high school kids are getting like a platform to share more about themselves, because that's mm-hmm. how you create fans early. And whether it's Gary, Juliet, Cade Flat, any of these other ones, um, I, I hope they're, they're gaining fans right now that they will have for as long as they compete through college and beyond. Yeah, I've seen a lot about them on social media, and I just it must be a fun time for them. So definitely agree. It's been yeah, fun to exciting watch. time to be a, a fan. Um, and I think yeah. you know, high school kids like they know who the pros are and they follow some of that, but they really know who the other high school kids are. So I think it's just yeah. <laughs> good for for high school running and track and field in general that these kids are are doing some incredible things because whether it's their own teammates, their competitors, or someone across the country, they're looking at that and saying, well, why not me? And I mean, that's only going to help make you know the 800 meters better, the mile better, the 100 meters better. I mean, it's just it's an exciting time for high school track and field here in the U.S. and I am here for it. Totally. I actually went to the um, New Mexico 4A5A state track meet in between our last episode and today, and I was actually going to look it up because I am very excited to. I mean, this is just like our local track. I feel like I keep up a lot with the high school athletes here, but um, an athlete from my high school, uh, Bahojoni Church, he's a Navajo runner. He mm-hmm. Actually won the five a uh, mile and two mile, and so I wanted to look up um, to make sure like I had that right. So we might have to edit this out, but I was trying to look it up while you were talking because <laughs> I think it's so cool. Like you don't see native runners like that winning major state titles very often. Um, so yeah, never just, mind two state titles. Yeah, at the same I know meet. at Albuquerque High, he's also um, a, a cousin of my partner. So. <laughs> Super impressive. Uh, but yeah, awesome. I just wanted to shout shout out just a cool cool native runner that I've been following here in the local scene who went to my high school. Um, same, you know, some of the same coaches, of course. My dad used to be one of the um, track coaches there for the girls team, so I just still kind of keep up with with the whole squad over there. But it was it was fun to see a native athlete take the state title in in two events, in two distance events, and it was it was awesome to see so many native fans there that day too. All right, we'll leave it at that right now for talking about the competitive side of the sport. There has been a lot of other stuff going on. Nothing immediately coming to mind that caught my eye or that I wanted to discuss. Was there anything else out there that you've been paying attention to that you want to touch on before we move on to the last couple things? Um, No, that's pretty much it in terms of all of the the track and kind of competitive updates um, in terms of following the high schoolers that are stealing the show right now. You had a couple more things that you wanted yeah. to talk about. You mentioned them to me before we got on the mics. We did not get into detail about it. So 
consider this me teeing you up to talk about Native Women Running and also some updates with the Running Industry Diversity Coalition. Yeah, I'd, I love to just kind of keep up on what's happening industry-wide, especially for stuff that might be relevant to um, other Native athletes out there, or people who are looking to support um, efforts by other Native athletes. Of course, I, I've had uh, Verna Volker on my podcast, Grounded mm-hmm. Pod. Um, she runs the Native Women Running account on Instagram, which is very popular, tens of thousands of followers. Um, if you're not already following it, it's a great kind of place to find a roundup of native running news, even though that's not her full purpose. She just kind of does some of that extra work to round up that stuff. But she had an amazing um, fundraiser that I think you can probably still contribute to, but um, they had their third annual Native Women Running virtual run recently, and that raised $25,000 roughly for um, the Native Women's Association in Canada towards um, advocacy and policy work around missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. And so I just think that was just an amazing Amazing effort, and I'm always trying to amplify the work that Verna's doing with Native Women Running. And I know she's put together some cool um, teams out there. So if there are like Native women listening, Verna has a lot of opportunities to run for the Native Women Running team for various ultras and marathons. And so I, I like to keep keep up to date on on some stuff she's doing. And then of course we've got Global Running Day coming up on June 1st. Um, it's just kind of become we talked a little bit. It's become a, a big day in the running community on on social media, I think, primarily, but um, it's been a part of amplifying, I think, a lot of Black, Indigenous, uh, and people of color in the work that they're doing in the running space, and so it's a good opportunity to just share why you love running, like what sort of what keeps you grounded, you know, in terms of running. I love using Global Running Day as an opportunity to talk a little bit about my story. I did a podcast last year, I think it was, um, maybe it was two years ago now. I can't even remember um, at what point in the pandemic I did that. But I did a podcast for Global Running Day with uh, New York Roadrunners a while back, uh, reflecting a little bit on my um, my place in the world as as a Navajo runner. And so it's it's always a nice reflective day. So I just thought I would amplify some of those things happening around the industry. Yeah, I think say what you want about Global Running Day. It is a great stage for a lot of people, for organizations to just bring attention to important causes like that. And it can also serve as a launching point for people such as yourself to get their story out there, to encourage other people to, hey, Put your shoes on. Try this thing. Look for, especially now that, you know, we're kind of getting back into, you know, mingling in their events and stuff like that. Like, find, you know, find your people, you know, get get involved in that sort of stuff. So um, I love the push by the RIDC to, you know, really just amplify voices that, you know, otherwise wouldn't get heard, quite honestly. And mm-hmm. um, they've been doing that in a lot of, of different ways. And I know now with Kira Smalls at the helm of the RIDC, they are planning to, beyond Global Running Day, just you know really try and get more of these stories out there, trying to bring awareness around different causes. And I think that's just a good thing for the industry and the community as a whole. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think, yeah, I think those are all, I don't know if you had any additional updates around uh, things you've been seeing, but uh, if not, I do have new music, Mario. <laughs> well, I know from our offline conversations that you have been going to a lot of shows in the Albuquerque area, meeting musicians, bringing home new albums. And one, I am just very like envious of of that 
that you're doing that like on school nights really uh and throughout the you know throughout the week uh but it's great that you, you have that opportunity but i'm interested and excited to hear what has you know kind of been tickling your ears recently on the music yeah part. I you are correct. I do go to a lot of concerts. Um, I try I try to be as COVID safe as possible. My partner actually works in the concert industry, so that's why um, this is the case. Always masking up and trying to stay safe and only go when it's when it makes sense for me. But um, lately, I've been listening to a lot. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I think the last concert I went to was Bikini Kill, um, which is a feminist punk rock group and they're a girl group and they're amazing and they did a live show here in Albuquerque and we've gone to a couple of other small shows but um but I am actually and like I don't know how people feel about this because this is a very like like Gen Z millennial answer but I'm very stoked about Harry Styles new album it's called Harry's House and that is is paying homage to Joni Mitchell, who he's a very known big fan of. And it's a very 70s vibe album. I think he actually makes, for for whatever his reputation may be to people out there for being a former member of like a boy band group, or if you don't know who he is, I think he does a phenomenal job of making very sophisticated music for um, people of all ages, actually. And so I think he might get like put into a little bit of a box um, in that sense. Like, I don't know if my parents are necessarily listening to Harry Styles, but I'm a huge fan. My sister's a huge fan. Reed is a huge fan. He has some cool 70s samples in his music. Um, and he just, I'm loving his new album. Very artistic and very um, different, I would say. So very on point for him. But if you're not a Harry Styles fan yet, you should check it out. <laughs> All right. I will take your suggestion just because you've never steered me wrong. I would not ordinarily listen to Harry Styles, but you've convinced me enough to give it a shot and I will report back about that. Please do. <laughs> Can you tell me and everyone else listening to this more about Daniel Rodriguez? Because yes. you mentioned him to me on just one of our offline catch-up calls. I forgot about that, yeah. And you got to see him play. And yeah. I don't know if a lot of people listening to this know who that is. So I'll let you set it up. Yeah, he's super cool. He's a musician based out of, I want to say he's based out of Boulder, actually, um, in Colorado. Yeah, Denver, Boulder. Yeah, Denver, Boulder area. And he is so awesome. He did a small show. He actually opened for somebody. And I can't recall the opener because I actually just, I just went to see uh, just a bit again. Like sometimes I just pop in and out of things that my partner is working at. But <laughs> um it was amazing because I wasn't fully aware of his like musical career and longevity, but he's written, you know, a song or two for the Lumineers. He's good friends with some of the uh, band members in the Lumineers, particularly the lead singer, which of course you and I are big fans um, of mm -hmm. Wesley and so Wesley Schultz. And so he was mentioning to us that he's going to be opening for some of their tour dates. So if you are a Lumineers fan, I would highly recommend checking out his music. He was so kind and actually um, we, he, we got a signed, uh, record and t-shirt from him while we watched him play. So just an awesome so opportunity cool. here, you know, to check out a, a, 
an artist that is a little bit smaller but established and uh, making great music and I love his stuff so I've been kind of jamming to that lately and a lot of what Reed is listening to usually influences my playlists and we're changing month to month in terms of what we listen to but I would love to catch one of the Lumineers shows that he's opening at I think probably the ones in Colorado uh, Mm -hmm. if possible but it was it was just great to see him here in our in our hometown yeah I had heard his name before when you said I'm like I've heard that name and then I made the connection once you told me all of that and I went down the rabbit hole and oh, really? he has <laughs> indeed written yeah. a few or helped write a few of mm-hmm. Lumineer's songs and then also if you go on YouTube which is where I like to watch a lot of just mm-hmm. live music shows that sort of thing you can actually watch him play a couple songs with mm-hmm. the Lumineers and selfishly I'm hoping probably not likely but that he opens up for them when I see the Lumineers play here in August. I'm not sure. And I I looked and they don't have who the opening act is going to be yet. Um, It's a couple months down the road at this point, but Daniel Rodriguez is phenomenal. Um, Thank you for, I mean, one, just, telling me that i mean you knew you knew yeah, that i knew um, we're, we're big lumineers fans here yeah. you and i so <laughs> that was right up my that was right up my alley but i had never like really spent time deliberately looking for his music and mm-hmm. listening to it and yeah. i thank you for turning me on to it yeah we got his vinyl record too so yeah oh speaking of that so my buddy bergy when he's here he's big into vinyl Ooh, and same. he's like hey he's like are there any record shops around here i'm like well i don't have a record player so i don't go to (laughs) record shops but let's look and turns out in novato where i live there's this great record store called watts music it's been there since 1979 and it looks like it probably did in 1979 (laughs) with like a few a few updates but they had a phenomenal selection of music bergy actually left there with three records of his own and that's awesome told Christine it was too late for a, a birthday gift. I was like, I think I want a record player now. And she's like, no, you can't have a record player. Uh, she's like, no, you can't get a record player. Um, <laughs> you're going to spend like way too much money it's, on it's, buying records. And I was like, you're, you're probably right, especially since there's one in town. And then of course, like, I'm like, oh, where else are there record stores? Of course, there's a big one in San Francisco. There's one in Petaluma up just north of here. Um, but I don't have a record player yet, but that might be the next step for me you should we i do recommend it it's fun it's it's money but i think i also learned that like you make time with your hobbies right like you're gonna Mm -hmm. spend money on any hobby you have most likely like i pay money to enter road races or buy shoes uh, all the time for running and i think for me i'm like well my other hobby pretty much in our household is music and i'm gonna support reed's hobby in that so (laughs) we have a lot of records we're big into vinyl and we've upgraded our system um more recently to a better record player and take much better care of it too um now which is so funny to my parents because they're always like we literally (laughs) ran in the other direction from this so we could have clearer music um you know and my dad was like i don't want to clean vinyls anymore i don't want to like you know set it up like i he's like i love playing music just like at my fingertips so it's kind of funny because he's like 
laughing that we move sort of backwards and that we find so much novelty in it. And I know it's like a very, you know, people have their own feelings about that, but I very much enjoy it. And I love finding records out in the wild. I try to find them when I'm traveling or if I can find like Mm -hmm. a used copy or my friends now gift me a lot of things and my parents do too. So it's kind of a fun way to connect with people because they'll buy you these niche things and genres they like, and that's helps you build your collection slowly. But it's a big part of my life. So we've been picking up a lot of records from the shows that that we go to as well. Well, this will probably come as no surprise to you with me being a very vanilla guy, but I don't have very many outside hobbies other other than running. <laughs> I need one. I'm desperately running in and vanilla one. ice cream. <laughs> I do I do a little bit of of photography for myself, but. I was like, Christine, I I need a hobby. Record collecting would be a great hobby for me. I kind of feel like you would be into it, Mario. (laughs) uh, Well, I I was into it. So I'm at the store with Bergie. And I'm just like, I mean, we were in there for an hour. And I found, you know, all the Lumineers stuff on vinyl. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, he's like, do you want to see the special blue edition? I'm like, of course I do. Um, And then I'm looking at, and then I'm looking at records from older artists that, I mean, are are older than elderly me that I would have liked to have brought home and mm-hmm. play on a on a record player. So um, I'll keep you posted. Maybe by the time that we record this in June, I will have a record player of my own. Then we'll have you know even even more to talk about, geek out about on yes, the music side of absolutely. things. Absolutely, I love going to Boulder too because I will be there this weekend and hopefully record shopping while I'm there. I'm always looking for Alanis Morissette records in the wild, like special edition ones. I love anytime I can find MTV unplugged records that are really Mm. old that you can't get as like uh, you know other than maybe like new versions that have been reprinted um and i love finding old country albums that are just like hard to find too so i just let i love letting like the music come to me rather than going out and like searching for it. it's like what can i find in this store that's like floats my boat a little bit and then i'll just like you know purchase that and continue to build on it so yeah it's like a bookstore to me very comforting not a record, but since you just said it, I will send you when we stop recording this episode YouTube videos of Alanis Morissette actually on the Howard Stern show. Just keep an open mind. I mean, okay. Howard Stern's live music is some of the the best stuff that you will find on YouTube. He's had almost everybody Mm-hmm. on there. And I've created just a playlist of, you know, Howard Stern live acts. And Alanis mm-hmm. Morissette has been on at least twice now. And it is incredible. Love and the it. second thing Can't I will wait. send you is Alanis Morissette and Jimmy Fallon going in disguise on the New York subway <laughs> around Christmas time. Oh my gosh, I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> oh, it's it's so good. And I mean, they're like fully in costume. They sing a Christmas song at first. Everyone's like, oh, these, you know, these, these two are really good and they're clapping and everybody's, everybody's happy. And then they pull off their, their getups. And I think she, she broke out into like, you ought to know or something like that. I can't remember mm, exactly perfect. which of her, her hits it was. And people are like, oh my God. It was, it was just like, it was so cool. So I'll send those to you once we Amazing. get off the recording. That's all I've got for this week. Do you have anything else before we put a lid on it? No, I think that's it. I'll I'll be enjoying the Boulder Boulder this weekend. Hopefully I'll have updates next time on, on how that goes for my family. But um, other than that, yeah, I think, I think it's been a good episode. <laughs> And next month, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we'll get to talk about your race, the mini 10K. Yes, 
You, we will. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait. So Ooh, I'm a little stay nervous, tuned but... <laughs> for that. I know. I, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that that's coming yeah. up very, yeah. very soon. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, my college reunion is why is also part of why I'm going. So there we go. We are going to be able to reflect on a lot of things. <laughs> so there will be some great stories on the next episode <laughs> of Common Ground. But for Danae Dormy, I'm Mario Frilly. Thank you so much for listening in. Thanks, guys. All right, that's it for this fourth installment of Common Ground. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in. Also, a big thank you to both New Balance and Gooder for making this episode possible. If you're looking for a workhorse to run most of your miles in, look no further than the Fresh Foam X 1080 V12 from New Balance. This shoe has the perfect blend of cushioning and responsiveness. It's lightweight. It transitions smoothly. It has the most streamlined fit to accommodate a wide variety of foot types, and it holds up to heavy mileage week in and week out. The Fresh Foam X 1080 V12 is available in both men's and women's sizes on newbalance.com or at your local run specialty retail store. Gooder sunglasses are my favorite shades to run in, drive, walk the dog, and more. They don't bounce, they won't slip, and they're polarized to protect your eyes. Best of all, they're super affordable, with most pairs coming in at just $25 to $35 bucks a piece. If you'd like to support me in the podcast, treat yourself to a pair, or two, or three, or ten of Gooders, and head over to gooder.com mario, and use the code mario15 to get 15% off your entire order. Before we wrap up, I'd like to give a shout out, as always, to my man, John Summerford. He's produced every episode of the podcast and is the reason this show sounds as good as it does week in and week out. Also, thank you to Chris Douglas for being my right-hand man and handling sponsorship sales, and Jeffrey Stern for managing the AM Shakeout social media accounts. I don't have a big team here at the Morning Shakeout, but these three guys have been crucial in helping keep things running smoothly. Last thing, if you're digging the podcast, I encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. It's also called The Morning Shakeout at themorningshakeout.com slash subscribe. And in it, you'll get a collection of things that I've been thinking about reading and listening to lately that you might enjoy getting in your inbox every Tuesday morning. Okay, that's all I've got for this one. I'm Mario Fraioli, and on behalf of Danae Dormy, this has been another episode of Common Ground. <laughs>